The armchair quarterbacks are out in full force asking for Kyron Drones to be the quarterback at Baylor University. And are they right? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll here from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears alongside former Baylor quarterback and now Baylor color analyst J.J. Joe. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. J.J., you, you played quarterback. You've, I don't know if you knew that, by the way. The way that I said that was like <laughs> as if I'm enlightening you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> you've seen, uh, I just want to remind you in case, you've seen Blake Shapin, you've seen Kyron Drones, and... From your eye, the way you analyze these two guys, I'm just going to leave it vague for you even. What do you see right now, each in their own respect, that make them solid quarterbacks? And have you lost faith in shaping like so many of these people on Twitter seem to have? No, I haven't. You know, having played the position, and it's interesting, you know, we we put shaping because he started so well Mm. in this category of, you know, the next RG3. And uh, as great as RG3 was, you had to see him his freshman year. I mean, he did a lot of great things, but he had a freshman year. Um, so I'm not saying Blake is great, RG3, but Blake is going through that phase where he's learning. And the problem is, is this team has high expectations, right? Uh, the expectations were to be conference, repeat as conference champions, to have an opportunity if they play well. But yeah. every mix, mistake is like, you know, it's, it's compounded. It's like, you know, fans go crazy and he's made a couple. Um, you know, overall, I was looking at some of the stats. I think I wrote something today uh, that, you know, if you look at, you know, just going to his passing game stats, I mean, he's 3.4 to 1 t- touchdown interception ratio. So mm-hmm. he's pretty good in the, in the passing game. The challenge we've seen lately is that a couple against against a couple of opponents we should be, he just made the key mistake. Yeah. And that's a young quarterback who has nine starts. Let me say that again for all the armchair quarter. He has nine FBS starts. He's played in 13 games, so he's actually participated in a full season. Uh, he's going to do that kind of stuff. And I see enough on the upside, Drake, where you just, you know, you just don't switch that out because, you know, a guy makes a couple mistakes because he did win a Big 12 championship game for you. So, you know, that goes, that goes at least a little ways. You know, JJ, we talked a lot too, even the offseason. We had you on to talk about Shapin and and Gary Bohannon when that switch was made and what it was that made Blake Shapin such a good quarterback for Baylor to go with moving forward. Are you still seeing that? What is it? What's that upside that makes Shapin the answer at QB for the Bears? Well, I think we're seeing it. I think, you know, coaches as great as Richard Reese is, and Reese, uh, I love to see him come on. I mean, coach is not ready to give him the diet like he gave him on Saturday. He got 31 carries, I think. Yeah, uh, he's a small guy straight out of high school. You want to manage that uh, squirrel, you know, has been dinged up a little bit. Uh, Tay is still out. Uh, Quaylen was dinged up a little bit as well, but he's playing running well. So I think what you see is a young receiver core developing with a young quarterback. And that's a great thing for the future because, you know, Blake has what? Is it two more three? You help me with yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with COVID. I think everybody gets 10. So I yeah, think you exactly. can come back and play. <laughs> So I think what you're seeing is when he has his receivers available, uh, he makes the throws he needs to make. When Monterey is healthy, Hal Presley is coming along. Hated to lose Seth, but I, I understand that it's the era of football. And then he has two tight ends. I mean, I like the way Drake Dabney has been introduced into the passing game, in addition to Ben Sims. 
you see that upside. That upside is that you can have a dynamic throw game or passing game uh, in com- combination with a very violent running uh, run attack as well. Yeah, it it is something that I want to make clear too. That as much as we've supported Blake Shape and even on this show, it's been a consistent, even in the bad games, that, oh, look, guys have bad games. And I can't sugarcoat and say that it was good. There are bad games, and that just happens for everybody. We've still liked what Kyron Drones has shown. Mm-hmm. Do not believe that the quarterback position should flip whatsoever, but do you see bright spots out of Drones that mean that he could be the future past Blake Shape? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really impressed. I wasn't sure. I think I saw Kyron in the spring game. And that's a tough one to go see a young man because, you know, you've been playing against the same guys all yeah. those all those weeks. But but I mean, I like what he came, he came in uh, quick change moment. He came in and made a few plays, kept us in the game and made one mistake. Right. He made just the one throw that yeah. as soon as he threw it, he knew it. So but as far as his physicality, his size, his arm strength, he has everything. That if, you know, if he, he wasn't sitting behind shape and he'd probably be starting somewhere, uh, potentially. Uh, but but nevertheless, I think, you know, with Kyron, I think coach like he did on Saturday um, will start to find little things for him to be able to do. Because let's be frank, you just really don't want to run shape and he's not a big guy. He's already had one ding in his head this year. So if I want to go, you know, get inside or do some short, short yardage, I want to get inside the 10 and kind of give a run pass out to my quarterback. I bring drones in for that, and I think they'll expand that playbook and not just have him run it during the future. But he he can definitely lead a program and win big time. Both of these guys, it's a good problem to have. Two quarterbacks that, uh-huh. that your fan base supports and knows that these guys are good. And, J.J., we've been hearing this for really the last six seasons, dating back to Charlie Brewer every year. It's What, oh, yeah. what did you say off the air? What was the quote? I don't want to mess it up about the backup quarterback. Oh, yeah, the backup quarterback is always he's the most popular guy in town, man, unless you have a high guy. Unless you have either RG3 or Bryce Petty uh, or Seth, those guys, you know, I mean, you know, the, the backup guys always being talked about. Always. For for you, and this is looks at the quarterback position in general. Blake Shapin's a young guy starting at quarterback on a team that had top 10 aspirations preseason. The pressure that comes with that. From your perspective, when you played QB at Baylor, is there a moment for a kid like that where it just snaps and you get it one day, or is this a slow grind into being comfortable with the keys to a Ferrari that you're now in charge of driving? It's a process, man. Uh, you know, he came and he played well. And here's the challenge for Blake. He enough of the defensive coordinators in the conference, they've now seen enough film on him. So there's this is why I like quarterbacks to play a lot of games because when they first see you, you eat them up if you're good because they like, what the, what is this? It's like what yours is going through. Who is, what, what does he love to do? So they study you. And then what happens is the next time they see you, all of a sudden, it's not that they stop you, but then they force you to do something a little different than what you really want to do. So then really for quarterbacks, it's how do I adjust to what they've adjusted to, right? How do I adjust to their adjustment? And that's why I like it. That's usually the third time you see them that now you can tell if this guy really has it. Uh, can he really be a high-level type quarterback? And there's some special guys, right? There's an RG3 where, like, you know, you see him once and then you see him again, it's still the same problem, right? Because he's an elite thrower, an elite runner, an elite mind. But so I think, you know, it's just Blake is in that phase where, hey, defensive coordinators know exactly what he likes to do and they're taking it away. And now he's in that next phase where, okay, how do I move to the next phase of my development of adjusting to what they have taken away? 
Well, JJ, I want to get your thoughts all together on not just the season, but really the Kansas game in general. Felt like a lot of things clicked, especially in that first half, defensively especially, where the team looked as sharp as they've been all year long. For that, though, I do got to tell the folks at home about one of our favorite, one of my favorite sponsors, honestly, personally, at Locked On Now. That is Simply Safe. Now, the reason they're one of my favorite sponsors, and trust me, everybody, JJ's not going anywhere quite yet. The reason they're one of my favorite sponsors is. I, my car got broken into recently. We we live on a good part of town, I would say. We live in, like, this is, it's just a bunch of college kids. But the, it's like a heavy target, I guess, because my car got robbed, my wallet got stolen. Luckily, Simply Safe exists. And Simply Safe has these monitoring systems that we've now purchased. Look, it's a big investment for a college kid, but it's something that was worth making. Because uh, right now, the advanced security system at Simply Safe has these HD cameras that will follow track and notice anytime there's possible crime going on and when there is they'll alert authorities immediately they also have an ability to tell whether or not it's a legitimate threat meaning you're not going to get a call every three days it's like oh somebody dropped a package off we're calling the police so with all of that 24 7 professional monitoring simply safe has every one of your doors protected from every threat they also detect fires floods and other threats monitoring systems use proprietary response technology for the visual confirmation don't miss it right now get 40 percent off your order when you visit simplysafe.com com forward slash locked on college 40 percent off customize the perfect system that works for your home by going to simply safe jj talk about that kansas game baylor's offense with 24 points in the first half only allowing three points coming into the game too there's a lot to highlight and like about this kansas team baylor didn't walk all over a, a kansas that we're used to no, no, you're exactly right. They're much better. I think they really miss miss Jalen Daniels. That goes without saying. He's a fantastic talent. But I like Bean. I thought Bean, yeah, while yeah. different, uh, could really play well. He, he runs well. He throws the ball well. He's just not as consistent as uh, Jalen Daniels, and that's why Jalen Daniels is the starter. Uh, but I, I thought the Baylor, I thought Baylor came out, you know, determined, hey, to turn turn the tide a little bit, right? Yeah. Bad game in West Virginia. And they, we were on top of them. And that's, I mean, like, I think everybody left the game feeling like, hey, yeah, we won 35-23, but we should have beat them, you know, 59 to, to, to 14. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we just, we just, we are in that phase where if it can go wrong, we're finding a way, Drake, yeah. to make it go wrong or allow it to go wrong. But uh, it was a great performance against a solid Kansas team. JJ, I love that you said that. That is one thing that I've come to terms with over the course of the last few weeks prior to the Kansas game. Baylor's a really good football team that's just been good at losing. There are some really sharp teams that at the very end of the game, they, they can't close it out. They struggle to win because younger guys don't have that experience. And you're seeing a lot of that offensively till it felt like Saturday. Shaping in the first half, stepped up big. But overall, Richard Reese just was a hoss. 31 carries, over 180 yards, and a couple of touchdowns to his name. I was thinking yesterday of all the freshmen we had circled preseason. I don't think Richard Reese was nope. a name that anybody was thrown out anywhere. And this guy's become a legitimate star for Baylor. Hey, yes, we talked about Amani Winfield, yeah. uh, you know, one of the receivers. We talked about some other guys, but not not Reese. And uh, you know, he was a man. I mean, he he went ahead and based out. We're not losing this afternoon. Him along with the offensive line now. Yeah, and that that would help. That would help us win that game. But but I I tell you, you know, we are. That's where we are. It's like. It's interesting because you look at this team on paper and you say, there's no way we're four and three or three yeah. and three at the time. And then you watch us play and we do those things that result in losing. Uh, we, you know, you know, Blake right now, he's in, he's got, he's responsible or been involved in eight turnovers in three games. Hmm. That if your quarterback does that, and trust me, man, I turned the ball over too. And I, 
and it you will lose. And there's no there's not a defensive player or a special teams player or a coach that can coach you out of that loss when you turn the ball over at that rate. Mm. You mentioned the offensive line, and I'm glad you did. It clicked for me on Saturday about halftime. I'm watching, thinking, man. The, the offensive line is playing noticeably well. Something has happened where these guys have turned the tide. Are you seeing that from your perspective too? Yeah, I thought on Saturday they played their best game. Now, I thought they would be able to run the ball against Kansas. But I think Khalil Keith being back really helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't play – I don't think he played the whole game. He played a significant amount. But you could tell the difference in him playing a significant role. Uh, I think also they focused on, hey, we're going to run the ball versus, you know, kind of be this hybrid – and it can tell. When you tell the offensive line, hey, we're turning the game over to you, you got a veteran, a veteran group of guys who responded. And that's it was good to see. Defensively, too, only three points for Kansas in the first half. Dylan Doyle stepping up being big. Siaki Ika getting through the front line. Another unit, the defensive line especially, even the, the front seven or eight guys inside the box that feels like they took a, another step in the right direction on Saturday. They still feel far from their full potential, but it's at least good to see them playing at a, at a different level after giving up, what was it, like 43 to West Virginia. That unit's been so inconsistent. Didn't see that coming, but maybe this is the moment where midseason they decide that, all right, let's right the ship. Yeah, I thought I thought Apu played a really good game. He he really leveled up. I mean, he you know, he didn't get a ton of stats. It's hard for a nose guard to get a lot of tackles, but he was dominating. He, you know, he had a couple plays, but I thought he was going to make the play and he just couldn't catch the quarterback. And he's not going to catch the quarterback. Mm. But he, if, 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 if the defensive end does his job, that defensive end gets a sack. It didn't happen. Uh, and so, so it was good to see. Uh, hopefully these guys bring that same type of level, that same level of energy on, I mean, on Saturday, uh, because tech is going to be much better. And the challenge for us right now, Drake, is that we're just in that phase. The coach talked about it. We're having to cover for the guys who cover, who are covering. And when you have to play your safeties, two safeties high the majority of the time and cover for your corners because they're they're learning or they're just not where we were last year, uh, you have to you have to figure out how can my guys up front win? And that's why I want to see the guys who are the TJ Franklins, the the Gordon Randolphs, uh, the um, uh, missing a couple uh, uh, Johnson, uh, not Johnson. Yeah, no, not snacks, not snacks. He's the corner. But um the one from Mansfield comes in, number seven. Help me out, Drake. I'm losing it. But anyway, those rushers, those rushers up front, they we just have to win because Coach is not comfortable blitzing this year as much as he was last year. Now, I'll say this. I know it's a long answer. Is that um, I believe the DNA, I asked Coach this game, this, this question after the game, I said, hey, this team is built to get after the quarterback, to blitz, to steal, all the stuff you did last year. They struggle in zone. Kind of, you know, where is that – where is that fine line where you just kind of figure at some point we got to be who we are and we just got to get after the QB? Yeah, um, he gave a good answer, but that's I think that's where we are. And Bryson Jackson too, not even I, not even Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. Bryson Jackson too. You're right. That's a, it's wild to me too the amount of big names you you've named. These are guys we've been talking about for the last year or two years or more yeah. that are finally trying to fill a role um, and figured out some seasoned, experienced guys too. And something's got to click. Something's got to figure out against Texas Tech if this team stays in contention for a bowl game, which I think they'll get there. But you're looking at five really tough games down the stretch, especially going on the road to Lubbock. I know you haven't had a ton of time early in the week still to do an analysis on that game quite yet. But this feels like a night game, sellout, blackout against Joey McGuire, that that Red Raiders team is just going to be – I I can't imagine. They won't be about as fired up as you can get. 
Hey, let me put it this way. I hope our guys are ready for a street fight. And I, I mean, like, because I mean, this this is one of those ones where, you know, where they're going to be lit for Coach Joey. They know this is a huge game for them. Number one, they want to beat Baylor anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I hope our guys are ready for the next level of energy that they would expect from any opponent, but especially one that's going to be juiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be tough. I played I played in Lubbock at night. It's I told people before, I said, hey, look, I really believe that Lubbock was the hardest place that I had that I played in when I was at when I was in school. I played at UT. We played at Nebraska. We played at Colorado. We played a lot of places. We played at AM, but it's something about Lubbock. It's something about being there at night, the noise level. The loudest game I ever played in was not at, at, at AM, was not at UT, was at Lubbock at night, and I could not hear myself call a snap count. Uh, and I couldn't tell you why, but I just it just shocked me. So they can expect that, and I hope we're ready to fight, man. JJ, last question before we get you out of here: How do you how do you begin to prepare for that and get a team ready to play in the teeth of a fan base and a team as fired up as Texas Tech will be? Well, I, I think to be honest with you, I mean BYU has kind of spit the bit on us, but I think that BYU environment, uh, these guys can learn from that because that probably is one of their most what I'm going to call the most lit environment they usually have where they had the whiteout. They, it was at, it was nine 15 local time for us. It was, it was loud. And so our guys will be able, I think to, you know, kind of use that experience. Now I think, yeah. I believe the tech's a little bit better team than BYU at this point. So it's really, I think you have to, you know, have to really pull from that experience. And then I just think, man, you just can't, I mean, these guys here, the deal, Drake, these guys, a large number of them have played in high leverage games. Yeah. Let me put it this way. If Baylor simply figures out how not to turn the ball over, they'll beat Tech by 10. Okay? But if they go there and we figure out how, God forsake reason, that like we have to, like, give them a donation, um, we, we'll come out of the wooden nail. It's, it's not – it's like the, the difference between this team is – it's like it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, my man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going into Lubbock. If your first pass plays a pick six, it's been a fun, <laughs> it's been a fun ride, JJ. But that you can call <laughs> the rest of that game. Back, man. Yep, yep. That place is going to lose it. Uh, definitely getting out on top and, and starting fast. I think is is your best bet. I mean, you can even look at look at TCU Kansas State 28-10 they had folks leaving the stadium at halftime if Baylor can put and Kansas State isn't losing that game but if Baylor can get that kind of momentum going early I think you've got a lot better shot looking down the stretch and we, we've seen that at home Baylor games the fans pack the stands and Oklahoma State gets up early and then folks just you kind of deflate so that, that'll be a big goal this week and JJ it was a big goal of mine to get your thoughts on not just Kansas and Texas Tech but also <laughs> Kyron Drones and and Blake Shapin and all the jazz that that all these Twitter folks are talking about. I uh, want to thank you, as always, for coming on the show this week. No problem, my man. I had a great time. AJ, pleasure, as always. And for those out there, before we get to Dave Aranda's press conference from Monday, i got to tell you all about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. So LinkedIn Talent Solutions is the A1 place to find your next potential hire. You want to be 100% certain you have the access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs exists. Help find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go to the purple hashtag hiring frame to create a job at LinkedIn.com. 
Then you go to your profile and use simple tools like screening questions you can create to make it easy for you to focus on candidates who have the right skills and experience for you, prioritizes who you'd like to interview. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college, linkedin.com slash locked on college at right now post for free. But remember the terms and conditions do apply. Now, Dave Aranda, what do you got for us after Saturday's win and marching into Lubbock this weekend? It's good to see you guys uh, going, just going through the film. A lot of, uh, a lot of good things. Uh, some, some things to improve on you know I felt you know where you look at that first half and that third quarter in particular you have our team you know and you could see kind of what we could uh, become and then maybe what we've been and I think in all of it you know it's 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 our choice you know it's a choice we have to make and I think you know I think it starts um, like today, I think attending class, I think taking notes, I think, you know, um, being on time for your learning specialist, all of those things. I think, you know, um, you know, the hard choices that you can make consistently put you in a position um, for easier, you know, easier things down the road. I think the easier your choices are put you in a position for harder things. And, um, you know, that has been a consistent uh, talking point, and I think it's been one that has uh, taken a while to take hold. And so we're still fighting that fight. We're going to have to um, mature in that sense so that we can be that first-half team because uh, we've got a lot of football to play. Excited for this next game. You know, I, I know the environment in Lubbock will be a good one. And, um, you know, a lot of familiar people there and you watch the film, they play hard and aggressive and, and it's impressive to watch. And, um, you know, they're a good football team. And so our best is going to be uh, required to, um, to get out of there with a, with a win. And so excited for the week ahead. Any questions you guys got? Dave, any special feelings, emotions going against Joey's team, going against Joey? Well, you know, I I have a lot of respect for Joey and a lot of the guys on the staff. And so, you know, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly. I want them to win. I want them to have success, you know, just not just versus us, you know. But I'm, I want to see them successful. I know the type of people they are and what it, what it means to all of them and everything. And so you want them to um, to have their own success, just, you know, not this Saturday first time you kind of see them like in person in the red and black and on the other sideline? No, no. You know, I think it's, you know, for us it's going to be, you know, um, for us it's going to be starting fast and then, you know, when we do start fast, not having a lull, you know, not having a third quarter, so to speak, and so that we continue to pound the rock and continue to work on um, the things that are right in front of us so that we are in position to finish strong. I think that complete game has been way elusive to us. And, 
yeah, I think that's probably going to be the, the most difficult thing of all of it. Dave, there was a 10-year period in this series where it was a neutral mm-hmm. uh, site, but you have to go back to 1990, the last time the Bears won in Lubbock. Is mm-hmm. there concern there considering some of the road game struggles this season? No, you know, I, I, I think the, you know, I think part of the, the fight, I, and I appreciate the question, I think part of the fight for us is to not really, you know, look at it that way or label it that way. I think, you know, I, I think some of the things that, um, that were uh, for sure a struggle and for sure a lapse and uh, for sure a, um, you know, an underachievement in this past game in the third quarter were really kind of the same things that hurt us in, at West Virginia, you know. Um, and so one was home, one was away. I think it's I don't think the home and away really has anything to do with it. I think it's things within the the team to where, you know, I'm going to invite hard things so that, um, you know, I'm callous to any circumstance that I'm in and that my standards will override any, any of that. And I think we're still working to get to that part. Dave, uh, you've talked about the trackers that you guys use to measure mm-hmm. the miles per hour that the guys mm-hmm. run and stuff. What are some of the other technology, you know, and metrics that you guys use? And how has that changed since, you know, you started coaching back in the day? So it's a good question. I appreciate it. I think the um, – it's funny because you kind of go back – for me, it's a little bit full, full circle. I think, you know, it was earlier in the year. It was probably – might might have been relying on it too much. The um, hey, this is how fast we're running. You know, they can they can tell you if it's you know this is the the um, how how far how hard measured by divided by time. That would be the load. So you get a, you get an idea of that. Um, and then you know it can tell you hey, if they're under three miles an hour, this could be equated to walking. This is how much walking is going on. This is who's doing the walking. This is what period of practice, what part of the game. So all of that is there. And so, you know, I think there's early part in the year I was probably going off the numbers maybe too much. And it was because, you know, I wasn't really feeling the energy of practice. And, and these would be the old school things that prior to having numbers that you would, if you were just to be on the practice, you could feel it. And I know there's, you know, there's, there's dudes that come and watch practice and they can they'll have a sense of like, you know, has this, is this team in it? Is there not, are they not in it? You know, um, what's the feeling of it? The numbers sometimes can, while they're good, I think they're an aid to that feel. I don't think they replace the, the feeling, the read of it, you know? And so um, these last couple of weeks, really, these last three weeks, going on fourth week now, I think the the feeling has been there, and then you have the numbers to kind of to be there side by side, and I think that's a positive thing. Coach, you experienced a night game in Lubbock a time or two. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about what the atmosphere is like? I think they're they have passionate fans. I think it's it gets to be loud. I, I remember when I was there, like the frozen tortillas, and um, and just you know, I think it's a it, it's a fun place to play. I think you get into um, you get into college athletics to be in environments where, you know, it means um, it means something to, to people and you're playing for something, you know, something's at stake and it all kind of matters and everything. And so that, that 
you know, that's going to be the case coming up Saturday night. The offensive line, maybe particularly the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. become the guys that you thought they would be. I think we're we're working to get there. I think in the in you know prior to the last couple of weeks, there was there were um, some guys maybe still living in the the um, the aftermath of you know the year before, and then maybe there were some guys that were um, fighting the growth that needed to occur. Or maybe there's some younger guys that's just trying to figure it all out, and I think all three of those things, you know, at different stages of the earlier part of the year, have all kind of taken center stage. And you know, I give um, you know Eric and Jeff and all them a lot of credit, and then the the old line too, because you know, it's hard to look in the mirror. I think it's so much easier to look out and um, you know not kind of be critical with yourself, but to be um, you know, it's this guy's this guy's uh, problem, or it's you know, if only this call was played, or you know, any of that. And so we never really got to any of that. It was more of I, I see it, and they've been fixing it, and it's good to see. And so uh, the more fallen forward this past game, and aided by O'Lyman, O'Lyman pushing running backs, then really, I can remember you put a couple games together. In this last one, we we kind of beat you know multiple multiple games of falling forward. Old Lyman have a lot to do with that. That was Dave Aranda from his Monday press conference talking about Baylor and Texas Tech and a little bit of recap from Baylor West Virginia. Richard Reese, man's a freaking beast. AJ hey, Joe's a beast too. Want to thank you for being on the show today, giving perspective on the quarterback battles. Not even a battle, but people on Twitter want it to be one. Uh, if anybody knows, like literally, think about this. If anybody knows about quarterbacks, it's JJ Joe, especially at Baylor. He knows the university. He knows the coaching staff. He knows both of these quarterbacks. If anybody's gonna have an opinion that you should probably take, it's JJ Joe. If you think that J.J. Joe is wrong and that you're right, that drones should play in shape and shouldn't. Who who do you think knows more here? You're entitled to your opinion, but maybe open your mind a little bit, rethink a little bit, because I feel like J.J.'s probably got a little better perspective, unless, of course, your husband is a coach and you are an avid football fan. That's it. That, if that's the case, then yes, you're certainly entitled to your opinion. My husband's not a coach. I'm not even really an avid football fan, but I am a fan of Locked On Baylor, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Subscribe to it if you have not here on the YouTube or go to, you know, I don't know. Can you subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? I don't know that answer. Huh, I'll figure it out. This has been Always Will Be. Come back tomorrow. More talk about Texas Tech and Baylor. Have some Texas Tech analysts on this week, too. It's going to be nuts. Locked on Baylor.